Hey, this is Bradley Chubb, and you're listening to The Snap. Hey, this is Cortland Sutton. Hey, this is Tim Patrick. And you're listening to The Snap Snap with Sidney Jones on Broncos Podcast Network. Yeah! What's up, Broncos country? Team reporter Sidney Jones here. Welcome back to the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube for this week's edition of The Snap. The Broncos are still in the playoff hunt, and this team's mentality from here on out is to treat every game like it's a playoff game. And that starts this weekend as the Broncos host the Detroit Lions at Empower Field at Mile High on Sunday. So joining me for this week's episode of The Snap is Lions team reporter Danny Rogers. Danny, so nice to see you again. Really appreciate you joining me today. Thanks for having me, Sydney. I cannot wait to come to Denver. Of course, we're excited to have you here. Danny, as you know, the Lions are coming off their first win of the season. They finally got in the win column by defeating the Vikings 29 to 27 last Sunday. Danny, what's the mindset and the energy in the locker room right now as this team tries to keep that momentum going? It's a lot of excited energy, of course, as you can imagine waiting 13 weeks to finally get that first win of the season. The fans were incredible at Ford Field on Sunday. The players, uh, they were after the the clock hit zero and you they finally realized their teammate caught the ball in the end zone to win the game. They were all rushing the field. It was a thing of beauty. So coming into this week, there's still a lot of, we have a lot of work to do mentality, um, but everyone's a little bit lighter in their, their steps and everyone's really excited and happy. And I think they're even hungrier to get some more wins here coming up. I'm sure they are. You know, Danny, I saw that there were a ton of lions added to the injury report this week with an illness. What's going on around the locker room there? For the most part, it's not COVID. There's only one Lions player that is on the COVID-19 list and that's starting center, Evan Brown. So that can be an ordeal if he is not able to go on Sunday. However, there's about six other players, seven other players listed on the practice report with illness. It's more around the lines of a virus, of a flu bug. Um, so I was walking through our facility earlier and our awesome facility guys had a little disinfecting backpack with a little nozzle. So they're going around spraying everything, sanitizing all of it. Um, but really it means that offense, defense, special teams meetings, they're more segmented. Some meetings are done virtually just to keep, um, contact with guys just very separate. And they're going through walkthroughs the last two days as right now this week to really limit that contact as well. So it looks like the most of them are at the tail end of this little bug. Um, but right now it's not posing a really big, um, a really big factor in this game. Okay, good then. And I hope you don't get sick walking through the halls either. Right. Well, Danny, the Lions, they rank 27th in total offense, 29th in scoring with an average of just under 17 points per game. You know, Jared Goff, he did finally get a win with his new team though and received the NFC Offensive Player of the Week honors. What did you like about his performance that you want to see him in this offense really continue to build on to improve some of those rankings that I mentioned? By far, that was quarterback Jared Goff's best game in a Lions jersey. He oozed with so much confidence going down the field. Um, Three touchdowns, just one interception, and finished with just under 300 yards to get that NFC Offensive Player of the Week award. So it felt like a big performance. So to kind of have it validated with that award was was pretty cool to see. Um, But he's, he's doing what they've been doing all season long in practice. The big thing was though, just seeing those things done on the field, specifically on Sunday, that was a big thing. So now this team has seen them be able to complete a comeback for their quarterback to go in the two minute warning and complete 14 plays downfield to to bring them to that end zone play. That would be the winning walk-off touchdown. So for them to see it be done was, was awesome. And it's a really boost in their confidence 
stretching the field downfield, coming up with a pass game that has been so emphasized. So now they see that they can do it. They can throw the ball downfield. They're going to have to be consistent with it from here on out. Well, ex-Iowa tight ends, Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson, they'll be reuniting here on Sunday. You know, both were selected just a couple picks apart in the 2019 draft, and they're both lead their respective teams in receptions. What type of threat does TJ, you know, pose for this Bronco secondary this weekend? TJ was actually talking about Noah this week in a presser. He hasn't been able to play against Noah. They uh, Last time Denver and Detroit played, it was TJ's rookie season. So TJ was injured in that game he didn't play so he's really excited to go against um his former Iowa Hawkeye teammate and they actually go to tight end university in Nashville together so they work together a lot in the offseason um but what TJ does really well when he is targeted in games is stretch the field and be a really big target downfield he's able to catch balls in really tight windows even when he can feel a defender is about to crash into him he's still making these really big catches and you saw there um Sunday with a few receptions eight targets um, just under 50 yards and that that touchdown that really set the tone for the game. So he's a really big target. He's great in the blocking game. And he's also has a really good rapport with quarterback Jared Goff. So um, you've seen that all season long. It's really Im- important that they continue to target TJ Hawkinson. And then on his end, he continues to get open because he knows a lot of defenses, their eyes are on him in, in these games. For sure. No, I know. I saw that TJ Hawkinson, he was added to the injury report too. Do you, does it sound like he'll be good to go on Sunday? Yep. He, he, his left hand was taped up in practice this week. He even said um, he's not sure when it happened in the game Sunday, but he said uh, not much has kept him out of a game and this wrapped hand is not going to keep him out of this one either. Well, in terms of the Lions defense, you know, Detroit allows an average of just over 380 yards a game, you know, fourth most in the league. Danny, who do you want to see step up for this Lions defense to stop Teddy Bridgewater and company from scoring some much needed points, you know, after only getting nine against the Chiefs last weekend? The Lions defense in terms of scoring that's been allowed, it's been really good as of late three of the last four games, they only allowed their opponents um, 16 points or less. So Minnesota Vikings, they were able to crack that. They scored 27 points on the board, but uh, the defense has really stepped up in points of emphasis that defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn has wanted to see specifically in the third down conversions and red red zone conversions. Uh, The Lions, they stopped three huge two point conversions against the Vikings, three of them. So if you factor them into the red zone, um, Lions kept get the Vikings from converting in the red zone three of nine times, um, which is really impressive. So they're really honing in on the details that they want to see done. Um, You keep hearing and you're going to keep hearing Jerry Jones's name, um, a defensive back here for the Detroit Lions. He's an undrafted rookie who is playing out of his mind and um, can go up and tackle and and shut down plays. Um, And then you also have Derek Barnes, who's out they're stopping these big two-point conversions. Um, and then the veterans like Alex Anzalone, who is starting to step up. He's our middle linebacker, um, who really is the quarterback of the defense. So it's a group effort. They're always going to say it's a group effort, especially um, with these lines and how young the defensive side of the ball is. So um, to really pinpoint on one versus one matchups and the tackling aspect of this, specifically going up against the run game there in Denver, tackling and wrapping up, wrapping up these backs are going to be huge for these Lions. 
Well, Danny, I appreciate your insight and Lion's perspective to this matchup, but let's switch gears a little bit now. As many of my listeners know, here on The Snap, one of my main goals is to highlight some of the amazing women in and around the NFL. So Danny, just to start, can you tell me a little bit more about what your current role with the Lions entails and what does your day-to-day look like? Right. I got with the, I got here to the Lions about four and a half months ago. Um, I'm the hometown girl, so I'm about 30 minutes from 30 minutes south of Detroit. And I was with the University of Arizona football team right before I got the call that the Detroit Lions reporter job had opened and that I needed to apply. So applied, got it. Um, so I'm very new. I'm in my rookie season here with the Lions, but um, hometown girl went to the University of Michigan. And now my role consists of uh, really anchoring, hosting, reporting on all of the digital and, and broadcast forms that come out of the Detroit Lions practice facility. So a few segments, a few shows every week, um, and just being the eyes and ears on the ground here in the Allen Park facility is, is my biggest role. Danny, what does your path look like to get to where you are today, landing this role? Ooh, a lot of um, lack of sleep. Lack of sleep <laughs> is a big one. Um, I started in the local sports realm, just like you did, Sydney. I yeah. was in the Toledo market for about two and a half years. And my Saturday Sundays were Tuesday, Wednesdays. I know you know that well, you know, anchoring yeah. on Saturday and Sunday um, while you're covering college football, NFL on Sunday. So that was the start of it. And then I branched out into some sideline reporter roles with ESPN3 and college basketball, some men's stadium host roles with Toledo football. Um, I actually went to freelance right before the pandemic hit because I had been able to build up um, a, a really good kind of client base, I guess. Um, and was able to, to book some jobs even in the commercial auto industry because we're here in Detroit. So right. um, I was able to dabble in a lot of things um, and I, I never said no to anything. And I really, I reached out to a lot of people to get opportunities. So that's kind of the biggest thing. It, it's not always people asking me to do these things. It's me asking to do them and just hoping and praying that they say yes to me. Right. Well, kind of along that path that you took, were there really any challenges that you faced along the way? Um, the biggest challenge coming out of Michigan, I had graduated a semester early. There's no broadcasting there's no journalism over at Michigan. And I was fully aware of that. So working with the athletic department and coaches like Jim Harbaugh were, were really how I got my feet wet um, in the sports realm. So I went into my first TV job. I didn't know what a package was or how to cut it. I did not know what a VO was. I did not know what a SOT was. So that was like the first really challenging thing. And then came the challenging part of deciding to go to freelance and really take a leap of faith. Um, and then this has been my, a really big challenge for me, aside from moving all the way out to Tucson, Arizona this past year and coming back home is being in your rookie season in the NFL and trying not to question yourself all the time, but being confident knowing you have not covered an NFL, NFL team to this extent before. I'd only been a rookie with the LA Rams when I was 21 years old. So um, the Lions taking a chance on me and letting me come in and report on them and um, just trying to be confident while trying not to mess up and balancing that and, and learning and growing every day has been the most challenging but awesome part of this job. Kind of going off of that, Danny, what's one piece of advice maybe you'd give your former self or someone looking to get into the industry right now? Hmm. I would always say be happy with right exactly where you are at the moment because you're supposed to be there. Um, the more I focused on things down the road or harped on myself for, for past shows or things that I didn't like um, that I thought I didn't do very well at, 
I just found myself in a very low place. So being really happy, not necessarily being too content with where I'm at, but being happy and enjoying it is my biggest thing. I was always trying to move on to that next thing. When I was um, a 22 year old in Toledo, Ohio. So um, just be happy with where you're at. But um, I wouldn't really say be totally content. Always look for for new opportunities to expand the skill set to add more tools to the tool bag. Great advice. I think a lot of us, especially myself included in that, you always you always think of what's next. You're not really mm-hmm. sitting in the moment, enjoying the moment that you're in. And it is fun in the moment that we're in. So I love that advice. It's so Danny, much fun getting to cover the NFL. It is. It really is. For sure. Danny, I so appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining me today and really looking forward to seeing you on Sunday too. I appreciate it, Cindy. I will see you Sunday. Well, guys, that's all the time we have. So that'll do it for this week's episode of The Snap. A big thank you to all of you for tuning in. And thanks again to Danny for joining me. I'll see you all right back here on the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube next Friday for another episode.